Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 243. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot Cheronil, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Ahoy. Ahoy. And joining us for the first time, Dreaded GM. Yar, well met, how are you? That might have blown out. Let me go again. Yar, <laughs> well met, how are you? Uh, hopefully that one didn't. Nothing better than a pirate that's considerate about their levels. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's good to be here, guys. I'm very excited to, to chat some Simpsons with you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for joining us for the Simpsons Index. We review Simpsons, old and new, good and bad. We're going through it all because someone has to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we like to bring on special guests who uh, have experience and history with the Simpsons. And so, Dredd, why don't you tell us about your Simpsons history? My Simpsons history. Where did the show first begin? Wow. It's, it's the dawn of time. Simpsons has always <laughs> been here. It's the yeah. eternal It's the eternal entity, isn't it, in the entertainment industry? Death taxes and a new Simpsons. Exactly right. <laughs> Simpsons, I, I don't think, I can't remember a time that I wasn't watching Simpsons. There was even episodes I was able to recite when I was a kid. So, like, Simpsons was always the, the 6.30 after neighbors sort of show that you would watch yeah, yeah. and you would sit down with your your siblings and parents if they enjoyed it and you would watch the simpsons and it's you know old and true it's always there like i said <laughs> so I, I simpsons is very fond uh in my memory however obviously over 37 seasons i want to say is that the they're up season? to 34 but i could 34? be wrong <laughs> yeah we could be wrong are they renewed to 37 yeah. though uh renewed to 36 ah yeah i've i've definitely lost uh touch with simpsons fully i try to check back in whenever i can and, and you know binge the episodes but yeah as i said simpsons has always really been a part uh, of my life and uh, will probably continue to do so yeah, well, yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that question, uh, have you kept up with the new episodes at all? And mm-hmm. is there any that you remember or stand out to you especially? Or we were watching, we were watching the newest season recently, and we were just sad by the end of it. It was, <laughs> it was very sad. There was an episode with the gazebo, I believe, and it was Milhouse's dad trying to wash information and history about his family because they screwed like the van houten screwed something up in the past and it followed them and Mm -hmm. millhouse was the next generation to sort of be shamed with that thing that they had with the gazebo incident and my 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 partner she told me to turn it off because she was too sad to watch any more simpsons (laughs) which is now something i've never really truly experienced with simpsons until just recently but other than that, yeah, I try to keep up with it, especially the fantasy-based ones. And the mm-hmm. uh, they, they recently did a video game one as well where uh, it was like Minecraft or Roblox, I believe. Yeah, I did yeah. see that one where they figured out a glitch where they could make money through it or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I try to keep up with it whenever I'm, I'm sitting on the couch and I have nothing new to watch. I'll, I'll check in and see if there's anything that interests me and cherry pick, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely different from classic Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely changed over the years. What are some of the classic episodes that uh, you love? Like, uh, I know it's a very big question. There's a lot of episodes that fit that category of the best. But, yeah, what are some ones that stand out to you? Um, Ones that come to mind, you've got The Gorge Jump. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. also got, boy, The Simpsons, like... Lisa getting saxophone as well. That's a that's a big one and kind of relevant Lisa for Sachs, the yeah, one we're going to be uh, watching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about today. Well, uh, 
Yeah, because of that, like, you know, I try to pick an episode that can at least somewhat relate to the guest and yeah. your interest and whatever. And yeah, this one, it. this is a whodunit of an episode. And I yeah. thought, you know, mm. mystery and everything sort of tying into what we're doing over on your Twitch channel. So, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell the people about yeah that? Uh, so we are currently on Dreaded GM Twitch running a Call of Cthulhu campaign, which is a very large campaign called Horror on the Orient Express. Mm. I run predominantly and, and work in predominantly the tabletop role-playing space. So Call of Cthulhu is a system uh, which is amazing because it's all about investigation. It's all about slow burn, social social exchanges. There's just a lot of cool storytelling there that games like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and fantasy-based games don't really have as more, they don't specialize in as much. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Cthulhu is all eldritch horror and the great beyond and the more you're curious, the more you go insane and, and fun stuff like that. But it's uh, it's a great game and unfortunately I have the, the luck to have Elliot on that game as well and we're, we're having a lot of fun. Irvin's a great character. You can definitely feel the Simpsons in Irvin uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was in uh, Good Games the other day and I saw the call book for the uh, Terror on the Orient Express. I'm like, spoilers. But, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm just going to not look. It's going to have a little flip. Though. You can, though. Yeah. Here's the... Well, that's the great pairing of you two here today. Uh, the perpetual GMs or DMs. Like, I, I don't think, Beach, you've ever played a Dungeons and Dragons game where you weren't the tabletop? Uh, the, I have the... played a couple, not many. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had other people occasionally run the uh, DMing, but yeah, not a lot. I think maybe like Atticus, you know, my brother Phil, who is often on this show, he started off as being our DM and then we switched to a certain point and it's been been like that ever since. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's an honor and a privilege to get to DM people, especially when you get to the end of a session and people are like, I don't know how you do that. It's like, I make most of that shit up on the spot. <laughs> I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Let's go. Woo. And that's how I do it. It's all made up. So uh, you're you predominantly GM? Yeah, predominantly. Can I ask a question that's kind of like yeah, go. in topic? Yeah. What have you sort of like taken from storytelling from Simpsons that you might have brought into your tabletop games? Great question. Uh, I definitely had a super fun happy slide in the middle of a dungeon once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They pulled the lever, of course they did. And that just to separate it, that split the party. Other than that, I don't think there's been too much. Oh yeah, I did. They missed a reference once because there was they were fighting a group of harpies and one had a crown and not <laughs> one of them figured out that that was the queen of the harpies. Oh, yes. Uh, and I was very disappointed. That's so um, good. Yeah. yeah. I love dropping references like that in my games and hopefully uh, oh, someone yeah. picks up on it. The easy go-tos, obviously, it's like Lord of the Rings, uh, but yeah, when you yeah. can sneak one in that you really love, and if someone looks across uh, at the table and you've never noticed that reference... They give you that like, eyebrow of, is oh, this what I think it is? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah it is. Big, uh, right. big moment for, for any GM uh, that, oh, yeah. uh, or storyteller that puts a reference or a, a homage in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That rules. I, I, now I'm wondering if anyone's written the rules for a potential Simpsons role-playing game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I sat down for the podcast and I was like... Why hasn't anyone done a Simpsons one short or I've, something yeah. Simpson based? Because look, I've considered it. It's just a question of are you then playing a role within this world, and then what exactly are your mechanics? But you know, if I ever get the time, there is a Simpsons parallel themed adventure waiting for. I plan it for it to be for Elliot and Danny. Ooh, but um. Time, time, time. Good lord. <laughs> fickle, fickle mistress fickle or master. Mistress it is. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Patreon for that in yeah. like a year. 
Um, <laughs> quick tangent, very quick tangent. Yeah. Best Simpsons video game question mark? Oh, and it's got to be hit and run, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of horses in that race, but yeah. so many of them just stumble out of the gate. And Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind. I remember playing one on the PSP, and I think that was Simpsons, the game. Uh, yeah, I, the Simpsons game. I haven't gotten deep into that, but that's yeah. got a bit of a reputation, yeah. Yeah, so like it wasn't bad, but like, Simpsons Hit and Run is like the hands down. It's the go-to. It's the yeah. go-to, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, let's hook into this one. So, yeah, this was Season 30, Episode 22, Woohoo Done It. First released in May of 2019, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Brian Kelly. In this episode, this is another one of these Simpsons switching up the format sort of episodes mm, where they're kind of. taking on the show stylings of Dateline and looking into like one of the soft TV current affair in mystery investigation things to find out who took the money out of Marge's little cleaning can under the sink. Hey, what did we mm. think? I, All I- right. I wish I had just turned on uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you actually re- yeah. about that episode particularly because I think Simpsons Unraveling a Good Mystery. Uh, how did that episode yeah. resonate with you as, as a kid? Do you remember? Uh, it was, again, one of those episodes to Harkin. You remember that episode, uh, and uh, most Simpsons fans will remember that episode because it was... Is one of the great episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially since like you're sitting there and everyone is lined up to be the potential uh, shooter. Oh, I and I, I think I remember back in the day they used to have ads on TV. And I bet what? you they, I, I think I remember ads for Who Shot Mr. Burns oh, yeah. and uh, promotion for, for an episode yeah. like that. And then yeah. there was all like the, you know, discussions in the playground and theories and oh yeah well see that's it that was such an ambitious episode like the simpsons first two-parter into hang it over a summer i mean it was kind of spoiled for us because we got the episode so much later and uh, than yeah. america but yeah this one i'd find it difficult to provoke any sort of conversation around how the mystery unfolded because it kind of doesn't. It's got its format, but it kind of breaks format a lot. And it's not clear what's meant to be a reenactment and what is just the characters doing things. And then it's like, mm. but is this meant to be in the hypothetical show? Or is this a separate moment from the show? Or what? how does this all fit together? Which isn't the worst, but it does lose a lot of steam as you kind of go through. I, th- I try to think uh, what other, because this isn't the second time. Uh, that they've done an episode that's like an investigation on who did it or what what happened, right? Yeah. And no more comes to mind because obviously the goat uh, who shot Mr. Burns. Yep. But I think in this case, the problem was for me as a storyteller is that it the stakes weren't that high. Mm, yeah. I wasn't interested in the mystery. Like they lost a bunch of money. Yes, that's that's huge. And that was like Lisa's college fund. But like I wasn't like looking for who it was. And, you know, like you think of like an episode like Who Shot Mr. Burns, you want to know who shot Mr. Burns. Like that's quite literally a big deal, more bigger than, you know, the the rainy day fund or the college fund uh, under the sink. That's the thing. There's no emotional hit to it. Like Lisa loses her college fund. We don't see her worried about that at all. Well, Mm. they undermine its own importance anyway with the narrow uh, going. And that was going to go to three weeks without a food plan and something like that, which, yeah, fine line, but also... Yeah, you're really not giving the MacGuffin that much importance yeah. here. And honestly, yeah, exactly. that could have been played for a, more of a joke if it was, yeah, it was $600. I mean, it sucks, but why is there a whole film crew here for this? And mm. you know, that kind of thing of like, oh, it's, it, it's bad, but 
Why think, are we getting a documentary? I think there was actually a, a more, it was one of the most recent episodes that may have done it better. And that was the influencer episode where the Simpsons went missing and you were trying to find where the Simpsons were. If you've seen this episode, I'm not sure if you guys, I assume you've seen this Don't episode. I think I have. Okay. I so have, there, there, have there, not. There is an influencer episode and, you know, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and yeah. they go missing. They're gone. And all their followers are trying to find them. And all their fo- like all their followers are also trying to be influencers. So they're trying to find a way to, you know, make a profit or growth off the, the loss of The Simpsons. And it's one of those exclusives where they're diving into the influencer life of The Simpsons and mm, you're yeah. trying to find out where they went, what happened to them. Did someone do something for popularity or something like that? And I think... I think that one was better. Well, like you said, there's actually stakes to that. It sounds like that episode. Like, yeah, here it's just, uh, well, there's money missing. We lost some money. Um, yeah, vegetarian not- buffet, no stakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, where did the Simpsons go? That's immediately way more interesting and using, yeah, that filter through. Like, yeah, I, I do question why they bothered using the Dateline filter here because, yeah, it-, it lacked consequence. Have they done that before? I know they've done that with, like, um, I feel like this is sitting like, somewhere and, between like uh, behind the laughter and who shot Mr. Burns. So. Yeah, like a, a, an excuse essentially for the you know talking head interviews in that sort of style. But mm-hmm. yeah, again, Beej, you mentioned the reenactments before. They only sort of happened a couple of times, and it felt like it was just this is when they think it'll be funny to do a reenactment sketch. It wasn't. Yeah. like a recurring thing yeah and it kind of just cut away to too many random things like a good example of a joke that i liked and then got worse was uh grandpa's telling a long rambly story and lisa's like oh look don't talk to grandpa he made ken burns want to quit and that was i got a chuckle out of that but then it cuts to ken burns in therapy and it's yeah. like no no don't show tell then show like the line was funny enough yeah exactly and, and it's like but in the terms of like this documentary did they go to ken burns's psychotherapy sessions what the hell is happening yeah, yeah you're not allowed to film those <laughs> no not without ken burns expressed permission exactly and speaking of which one of the guest stars for this episode ken burns was playing himself there Really? Oh, that's great. I love when that happens. <laughs> yeah. To your point, BT, one of the things that I really appreciated for the episode were the show don't tell jokes. And I actually wrote the ones down that I that I liked. And that was actually one of the things I thought was really great. Like on the wall of the cop precinct, the office where they're, they're interviewing Wiggum, mm. there was a joke, which was the first bribe bill. Yeah, I saw that. It was good. I thought that was hilarious. And that was something that was just there and funny. And it wasn't, yeah. it didn't need to be pointed to. And it was funnier because of that. There was another one too, which was again in the police precinct, which was there was a lost boy poster for Ralphie and said small reward. So like quite literally in that that moment, Wiggum was more worried about the interview than finding His Ralphie, uh, which, which I thought Jesus. was hilarious. Uh, and that's sort of my favorite yeah. comedy. <laughs> there were some good lines in this one throughout, but um, yeah, yeah, that was just one of those... Just to talk about how the framework doesn't hold together or doesn't stay consistent. Yeah. I don't know why we're getting that much Ken Burns. Because they could, I guess. And yeah, also joining the guest star list as well, Leif Schreiber was playing the Dateline narrator. Uh And who else did we get? We got a little bit of Jackie Mason returning as Rabbi Krostodovsky. Even though... uh, It's pointless. Yeah, sorry if this is a spoiler, but they killed him like, I don't know, (laughs) 10 years ago or something like this. And... Yeah, it's like Glenn Close. They still find a reason to bring back Mona. They still find a reason to bring back yeah. Rabbi Krostowski. Yeah, that's the point. At this point, he's cannot, like, the canon is he's dead. Yeah. So 
Is Krusty talking to a video or is he talking to a live stream to the afterlife? What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's one of those questions. I was I was wondering the same thing. So is this the recorded video that just says, I'm still disappointed in you? Yeah. And then what does he expect? <laughs> you just got a, your dad on the on the recording just yeah. constantly being like, I'm disappointed. I am yeah. so disappointed. So disappointed. Did you think you. this would make me happy? <laughs> Hi, dad. I'm video. Does anyone else have this video? Uh, yeah. In their uh, no, no. What a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we can record a podcast. Yeah. We'll just record. Like, you know, let's get five, like, a couple of minutes on the end telling everyone how proud we are. Of yeah. <laughs> That'll be delightful. Yes. This is a wholesome, supportive area. This is. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, the other guest, uh, Will Forte. Yes. Uh, or Will Fort, uh, playing King Toot. Yeah, I thought yeah, he was all I right actually I have that in my notes as well. Cause I it, was I, like, that's not the character of the guy who runs King Toots. Also in my notes. I don't know when that happened. I was going to ask you guys, like, what happened to the original King Toots uh, shop owner? Is that canonical? Or is that just like a, ooh, the world changes, but you don't see everything? No, I, I know. Th- I, I'm pretty sure they've brought Will Fort in for this role once or twice in the past. But yeah, back in the day, the store attendant was that very goopy dog sounding guy uh, yeah. mm-hmm. from that episode where Homer's yeah. buying the read and going to Moe's beforehand and all that. Yeah, Lisa's Pony, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good brain. So good I don't brain. know what happened to that character. Good brain. It was <laughs> just like, I guess Will Fort's character, King Toot, just stole the chop. Yeah. It happened in Simpsons Tapped Out. Yeah. yeah they they were yeah. tapped out. And they're just like, oh, this character needs to be switched out for something that's a little bit more exciting. And then... Gotta sell them a new character model. Yeah. Right? No, that's it. They find out they can get a guest star who's not playing themselves. And they're like, uh, can we morph a character a bit? It's like how Sarah Wiggum is now played by Megan Mullally. And it's just... Yeah. Odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really weird decision. So let's start the questionnaire. Uh, BT, oh, yeah. for better well, or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I'm going to give it to my first laugh, which was the Simpsons banner gag, which is just Mr. Burns being carried by a falcon. It's holding onto the falconer glove. All right. Okay, that actually got me. Like the him have it need it needed him having the glove because it tells the story of you know he was trying falconry for some reason, <laughs> but he so, he only weighs as much as his clothes and keys, as we know. Yeah. <laughs> and so the falcon carried him off. My okay, that got me. Episode, you were starting me off well. Mm. What what else you got? But that was just the intro crawl of The Simpsons. Like, it was another straight in. We didn't even get, like, Couch Gag or S- Springfield yeah, intro. Yeah, or... I'll be honest. I have a half page of notes. I've got another one if you really want me to bring up that. But um, <laughs> I figured I'd, I'd leave something for, for others. Yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, how about you, Dredd? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Okay, so, like, there was, like, I like the hidden Easter eggs I was looking for those because the plot mm-hmm. was harder to follow. So I was looking for references. I was mm. looking for, you know, jokes in the background. I don't know how you guys fall on the conspiracy future reading uh, <laughs> range as well. I have in my notes here, does the lost money mean anything? $670.40, is that is that something? Well, uh, what does that add up to if we put it all together? Yeah, exactly. Uh, is, that a, is that a hidden date or some sort of code? We don't know. Uh, actually, it's uh, $670.42. Uh, I guess, you know, one of those moments, like my laugh, I really loved the interaction where they went to Mr. Burns's house and they were like, you stole the money. You're obsessed with money. You yeah. definitely stole the money. It's like, I don't care about money and just throws it in the fire. Do yeah. you want me to prove it more? And then throws more in the fire. And then uh, then they cut and they, they pull it out. Uh, and all the, the editor, like, clear out this don't put this in the the final cut was was funny as well yeah i liked that they had the editor on 
the field recording. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got to yeah, get these exactly. things out fast, man. It's such a beautiful day. Why don't we edit outside? You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I did have a Yas moment uh, with the reference to Breaking Bad just because I love Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, I, missed that I like the reference, but it really went on for a long time. It did. It was a lot for just Bart's explanation. Mm, yeah, what was the, I think I might have missed this reference. How did you miss this reference? It was right there. It's when he's all like, whatever I take of the money, I put back. And, you know, there was yeah. this whole, ah, uh, the slime is the new toy craze at school. And it's got, this is kind of the point where it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's got the bullies, you know, breaking bad, making the, the slime. Oh, and then Bart okay. comes yeah. in in a suit and takes it. And then he's all like, that's where the money went. It's like, but you were selling the slime why would you need six hundred dollars if you're the one selling exactly like i guess the implication would be like the materials to make it in the first place but that's they don't say that Mm. it's just one of those weird kind of you have an idea it's just incomplete yeah exactly i didn't mind the gags as well that comic book guy clearly overbought and was just yeah I did not yeah, agree to participate to... in your movie. Goodbye. Thank you. I was trying to do that like uh, fear zoom on him as they yeah. walk in. He's like, nope, leave. And they yeah. have to zoom back out. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. just like in my head, I love this idea that Bart outsold the comic book guy. And yeah. what's really yeah. great is that's, again, another great episode is the Radioactive Man episode. Mm, looks like you got comic. more than you bargained for. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. When you see comic book guy, uh, you know, not succeed, it, I don't know, there's a there's a satisfaction there, an unspoken satisfaction. Yeah, but not yeah. so blatantly, ha-ha, we got him. It's just yeah, uh, him exactly. just saying, it did not give you permission to be in this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> documentary, please leave. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. and you just see the several markdowns on the slime, the copious yeah, it's of enough. the slime. Yeah, just take it. And yeah, what stands out to me, uh, yeah, we mentioned Will Forte before. Uh, is it Will Forte or Will Forte? I never remember. I think it's going to say Forte because that's more fun. Fort. Yeah, uh, I'll stick with Fort and yeah. not fix it in post if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I felt particularly called out because he started talking about Dave Brubeck playing in nine eight timing and starts humming Blue Rondo a la Turk, and I'm like, oh shit, I've totally been that person. Like, no, it's really cool. He's playing in a different time signature. Listen, one two three four five six seven eight nine. One two three four five six seven eight nine. Yeah, you make a great first date. Of sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was doing something that I didn't mind the structure of the episode, which was like systematically going through each Simpson and like figuring out their story and like mm. potential motivation for taking the money. Like, I don't mind in terms of Lisa as well, like potentially betting her college fund against like getting the saxophone that she wants now. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. dig into enough to it, but, man, it was starting to show the scarics of an idea that could have made this episode work. Yeah, I think that's kind of going to be my overall problem with this one, is that we've got that extended Breaking Bad sequence, and then we've got, like, a fourth act sequence right at the end, and it's like, they clearly had more time to flesh this out, so use it. Yeah. Because you get at the end, you get this little bit where the voiceover guy is like, what? We have to tell the people what, what happened. That's my job. And then he needs emergency uh, vocal cord surgery. And it's just like, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, I totally agree there. Because, like, it's one of those things where are you going for flash and entertainment or are you going for substance? And some of the, like, mm. the greater, the goats of Simpsons episodes, uh, oh, yeah. they have those, you know, social commentary, but as well as, like, human moments for yeah. the Simpsons. Like It's almost like they balance wackiness with heart. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> Amazing that they would do that. <laughs> uh, nice segue into uh, the other segue. thing that we like to talk about on the Simpsons Index is the balance of wackiness and heart. You know, classic <laughs> Simpsons were often had these two categories in such strong representation. So yeah, first of all, talking about the wackiness, yeah. <laughs> the voiceover guy getting a sheep's 
vocal fold replaced and then he goes oh, bad oh my god that was cartoon bullshit <laughs> yeah that was that whole extra bit. that's right yeah uh were there yeah. any other wacky cartoony moments that stood out to you guys uh needle beach when they're doing like a you know features of springfield kind of thing that was that was odd there's a bit where they're all sitting at the coffee table and marge is talking about how the criminal who came in and stole the money must have put a drink down because every family member here uses a coaster. And meanwhile, both Homer and Bart have cups just appearing from Hammer Space. And it's just Well, weird. that's coming from a joke where, yeah, no one in this family steals. And then Homer goes, yeah, it's borrowing. And he has a Ned coffee mug. And then he pulls out an even bigger coffee mug that yeah, says Flanders. from where, Elliot? Where are you producing all these cups from? I didn't mind this, joke. Coming back to something you were saying before, Josh, about like, it being in a bit in the background, they didn't call a lot of attention to it. And then, yeah, Bart pulling out randomly Rod and Todd mugs. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought it was a good bit that undermined Marge's whole no, thing. No, that was a good build on for sure. Yeah. Because you, you assume that it was going to be one of those things with, with Homer that if they were talking about stealing and it being borrowing, if that's the bit, yeah. the follow-on being Rod and Todd is is hilarious. <laughs> uh, look, a bit I really quite liked was all the reenactment actors just wearing the Simpsons hair as like a bad hat. Yeah, sure. This is a little bit of Burns's air as well, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. But also just when they have a cat playing Santa's little helper wearing just a dog hat. <laughs> like, okay, I popped pretty hard for that one. I did. But it was also yeah. in that scene where reenactor Homer actor was licking up sauce from all around the walls. And yeah, we were talking before the pod about mouth sounds and how it's part of the podcaster editor's job to yeah. <laughs> remove such gross things. And that Human was all mouths just... are disgusting. Exactly. And that was all just slurps. It was just slurps. <laughs> and apparently Disco Stew dances to it. So it was it's music to some people's ears. Yeah, that was yeah. a very confusing, like half-finished joke where he's like, ah, never heard any other music other than Disco. It's like, would you really think this was music sometimes the persona yeah. becomes a prison it's like wow that went really deep really fast uh thank you for that <laughs> didn't expect to be getting the feels from disco stew but here we yeah. are yeah exactly. that's how he gets you i one of the questions i had written down on my sheet when did either i'm not sure if it's patty or zelma but when did that become the love interest or the obsession of disco stew was i was that... gonna ask i have no idea beach <laughs> did i forget something Wait, when did Disco Stew have a love interest? What? <laughs> I missed this bit. If you look in the background of the Disco Stew interview, you'll ah. see plastered everywhere is Patty and Zelma. Or All right. Patty. I, it looks like it's just Selma. Yeah. I missed yeah. that. Um, Albeit me and Beige aren't super up to date with the yeah, season 30s like plus we, seasons. We pretty much just watch for this show now. <laughs> I don't seek these things out yeah. of my own time most of the time. Yeah. That's the expanded universe. The diehards know this answer. <laughs> oh, the real Simpsons fans, not the ones who have been podcasting about yeah. for six years. <laughs> but on the other side of the uh, animations and the wackiness, how was the emotional core of this episode? How was the heart? Keep moving. Yeah, I don't think it was really there. Uh, yeah. the the opportunity may have been there they had they had big moments like big because if you look at the, the the structure that they set up we like you said before Elliot they explored each Simpsons story mm -hmm. uh, and if you look at each of the Simpsons story it, they had the opportunity to show something that might be a flaw for them or something that they've changed or or had challenged like Lisa doing something that's uh, naughty or, you know. Well, Lisa wanting a saxophone she can't yeah. have and mm. is you the one you have not enough. Bart having this yeah. money-making enterprise that fell through. Uh, Homer's got a bar tab. We knew that, but he, he ate sauce instead. 
Ma, what was Marge's red herring at the beginning? I can't remember. Um, oh, yeah, uh, possible gambling fallback on her gambling yeah. addiction. So there was all moments there that could have been played up for a bit more feeling, but nah. No, nah. exactly. The funny moment was the whistleblower for Marge was, I believe, the Reverend's wife, right? Oh, and oh, yeah. she was in the background gambling. And drinking. Uh, she was like, <laughs> yeah, and drinking. My friend recently saw her gambling. Uh, and it's quite literally her, which I thought was one of those quiet jokes, right. those, yeah, those show don't tell jokes that I really appreciated in the background. Yeah, and uh, Helen Lovejoy is always you know, being a gossipy, snippy sort of lady as well. So, yeah, oh, totally ties into her character. Exactly. Um, this is, like, the episode attempting to use their history to pull a heart moment from this because, yeah, it turns out in the end it was Marge who, was, who took the money and it's because she wanted to invest in her invention of stick-on coasters, rubber coasters yeah, that you stick onto your cups. To just not be mentioned anywhere... Until the end. Yeah. There was one subtle thing that I noticed, which was right. the... I, I think that they were saying that they were trying... I don't know if she did this on purpose or not, but there was pointing two coasters mm. in the middle of the episode. I was like, were, they, mm. were you trying to do, like, placed advertisement, Marge? Or is this sort of the, one of those things that, you know, was just, like, a, a coincidence? But to answer it is that they should have... There was no setup. There was no stakes on Marge mm. needing that. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't one of those things where like Marge is really needing something for her. She needs to, to be an entrepreneur or make a business or bet on yeah. herself. Or just thinks it's a good idea and wants to, I do like her line of I was gambling, I was betting on myself. Yeah. But because there's no stake to it, that doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Yeah, it's a very like partial credit for the episode, yeah, like partial to credit. tie in the character's history and, you know, desire to do something a bit more with her life, but because of the way that the plot unrolled that yeah there weren't uh, i mean you could technically count the scene where yeah all the simpsons realizing oh we're not using coasters on that weirdly mm. colored table that their table's never been that color uh, anyway nerdy simpsons fan logging in <laughs> yeah um, but yeah if it was sort of peppered throughout the episode i guess you get a bit of marge in the interviews being very like yeah doth protest too much like very defensive of her yeah. no everybody's innocent end of story you know she was the only one that was like don't consider the rest of the family so maybe that was the setup i know know as a storyteller recently i've been thinking a lot about when you i heard this quote from another game master brendan lee mulligan uh, which is that when you go to a comedy skit you sit down and you're you're listening to comedy you're not laughing at just the punchline you're laughing at the setup as well Mm -hmm. and i think that there was no real setup so when we got to the punchline we were where did that yeah, come from the big reveal yeah. comes up and you're like oh okay yeah so i think that's where for me it fell a lot of flat for the heart moment you know there was no lead up to that story moment yeah i, th- I yeah. think the whole third act of this one is pretty weak source no i mean it's a nice moment that the family are just like oh mom you know that's okay but like yeah because it all felt very inconsequential anyway like yeah like yeah. the kids get told ah oh, rats ate the money then they're both just like okay guess guess rats did it yeah, that's another that's another point right there. Exactly, it's they could have had a moment where you know Marge was seen as doing something that wasn't Marge, which would have invited a new sort of like development. I know Simpsons mm-hmm. isn't like fully in the whole like character or character development yeah. because it kind of like soft resets, yeah. right? But it's you you kind of watch it for that situation to see what happens in that 
echo chamber of that episode, right? Yeah, well, because usually the, a story like this would be like, yeah, Marge unraveling and like more and more failing to keep up this secret. But yeah, because the film crew leave and then Homer lies for Marge, which, yeah, is a nice enough sort of ending. But yeah, because we didn't sort of see Marge, yeah, spiral a bit and we as the audience get clued in that she's like hiding something like mm. this like it just feels like she's trying to protect her family which is a nice enough cover but it does just feel like oh that's why at the end yeah not oh all oh, the pieces fit it's not your kaiser soze yeah. like i was hoping with this episode to like ask you guys at one point oh did you have any clues did you figure it out yeah, yeah. but i'm no, guessing there wasn't any no yeah <laughs> like it feels like uh, pun intended here they really coasted on this episode uh, <laughs> uh, so there was no coasters in the background i think the only sort of nod was the the fact that like marge was was talking about coasters on the table and whatnot. yeah but that was it and she was like i know one in my family would ever not use a coaster and then mm. surely it would be the opposite if you were driven to the point where you invented one yeah and then you'd start seeing them appearing in scenes and stuff like that yeah yeah but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Is this the show we know and love? Yeah, yeah. A bit assembly line, but I don't think there's any major character breaks or anything. It felt like an easy watch. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't something that I had to think about too much apart from yeah. like going through it for the podcast, which is really fun, guys. Thank you so much. For, for <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's always but, such a bummer when I bring on a new guest, especially, you know, uh, we've gotten to know each other a lot over the past few weeks, Dread, in the course of bringing the campaign together. And, yeah, it's always the thing, oh, I've made a new friend. I should invite him on the podcast and to watch a... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mediocre. bit of a bummer of an episode <laughs> like this one wasn't too bad like yeah. i was actually like pretty to yeah steal your pun like just coasting through this one but then yeah. it was really the ending that sort of pissed yeah. me off and then sort of went for a nosedive thereafter and then yeah anyway yeah so it's that's sort of, it's gets hard to talk about something we either don't really like or really hate <laughs> yeah exactly i mean when you sit down to listen to a story or read a book or watch an episode there's a certain amount of investment mm. that you need mm. to put in which is yeah predominantly time right and your curiosity and so when when you have something that sort of like breaks or breaches that that expectation or that return on investment it it can be hard right yeah but mm. when something there's like the simpsons which is so long and and trusted it's an interesting sort of like situation to think about are you going to sit down for a good Simpsons episode this time or is it going to be one of those episodes where it kind of falls flat? Yeah, and that, yeah. that's the thing. You know, this episode doesn't ask much of you. You could very comfortably put it on while you're, you know, doing housework or just scrolling on your phone or something. But, like, yeah, that's not what classic Simpsons asked of you. You know, it demanded mm. a, quite a bit more than this. You yeah. will pay attention to all the intricate jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, we like to workshop episodes a bit. So, BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Steak. Steak. <laughs> Money's too tight for steak. <laughs> steak. <I'm> halfway through <laughs> Wilbur. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, look, we, we all said it. There's just not really a big feeling of this even really mattering. And if that was kind of the joke, then make it the show's trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. As in the the, the mm. what was it, whatever the actual the show within a show, and this was called I can't remember, Dateline. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like have them trying to you know make local news exciting and sexy and be like it, it was just a minor inconvenience guys it's okay um, or to the converse of that have Lisa really distraught at the idea that she's not going to have enough to for college or even like a week of college or the other things that money could have gone to there's a bit where she kind of directly just blames Bart 
and there could be some emotion there, but it's just, there's not really anything to it. And then the resolution is just, look, Marge took it for this coaster invention and it's okay. It's like, well, did that invention work? Did it, mm. like, how is this the end of it that this was yeah. not mentioned previously? We're, I think we're all pretty unanimous in that third act just lets this whole thing down. Because I was having a good enough time up until the, the end where it all gets, when it should pull together, it all fell apart. How about you, Dred? What would you like to change about this one? There's a lot of points there that BT said that I totally agree with. And, you know, one of the one of the beans or blessings, if you will, one or the other you can choose of a storyteller's mind mm. is you start looking for meaning. You start yeah. looking for things that make it make sense, right? Mm. Like, for example, the dateline is what they're trying to say. The show is dated. Uh, they had a joke <laughs> there, which was... Homer is the only one that watches network television and the ads and mm. can ruin them as he is the the powerhouse of the viewership now that everyone's streaming and watching is the joke uh, again that you know we don't know how it ends with Marge because most of the time with the shows that they reference like making a murderer and whatnot mm. you don't know the ending and so you're sort of left on the edge of your seat and they're kind of making a joke about at that it's hard to sit in the chair and, you know, not get a full resolution. Uh, but it yeah. felt like, for me, it felt like they, they weren't really taking the joke seriously or, you know, you have to leap through a lot of hoops to get to that joke. I think that what I would do is just, like, simplify it and, again, show, not tell. And uh, if you're not showing us different perspectives of the characters, you know, go wacky, go wild. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a cover up. Maybe it was the the police, or it was Mr. Burns, because that would be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> flip it on its head. It was Mr. Burns that did it, and that's a great reference to the goat, yeah. right? And like, the idea you, that he just found out, oh, they're just keeping money in like a yeah. empty cleaning product case. That's, that's ridiculous. I'm going to take that. <laughs> exactly. So, like, uh, I think that they were trying. I, I don't know who the writers were. I don't know exactly what was happening in the episode, but it just, it felt convoluted, uh, which is something that I try not to, to say in the storytelling space because it is hard to write a good story uh, sometimes, but they're they're on a professional level. They've got funding. They're, mm. they're doing it for a living for our entertainment. So uh, I hope that the, the rest of the season doesn't go this way. I think there's only one more episode, <laughs> by the way, in the season. Oh, uh, yeah. So, and that was uh, yeah. when Marge got into crystals. You remember that one, PT? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. Actually, but... coincidentally, we reviewed that with One Good Thing, whose uh, merch yeah. I'm drinking out of right now. Uh, yes, One Good Thing, the podcast for thing understanding <laughs> about movies. What? Listen to it. It's good. <laughs> That's the best promo that they've had yet. Yeah. <laughs> Advert right there. Soundbite. Um, yeah, as for what I'd change, I think not only do they need to lean into the format harder and, yeah, what you were talking about, BT, like, not break the format. Don't go to bits of the episode where it's clearly not in the Dateline mm. thing. You know, you're going to do this, you know. We love when Simpsons go for a format change and, yeah. like, ape another show's style. And, yeah, these sort of sensationalist current affairs and even murder mystery shows, like they mentioned, making a murderer that don't have an ending if that was part of it, like, and it wasn't just a, the show's ended, oh, and as an aside, audience, here's what actually happened. <laughs> mm. Like, keep it within the show style because there's a legitimate point to be made with that. And, you know, one of the things that good investigative shows about, like, yeah, murders or mysteries or anything like that, where it's, yeah, Netflix or podcasts or a, a Dateline sort of show... They will sort of follow the leads but uh, uh, and individual characters of the thing, but also 
because they're intertwined in each other's stories, you do get mm. little bits of everyone else's stories, even when you're focusing on another person. This yeah. is very much passing the pot baton. This is like who stole the cookies from the cookie jar, and they just and now it's Lisa's turn to say I didn't steal Could, them. Like couldn't it's be. quite be. literally that who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. It's just <laughs> under the sink and a cleanser <laughs> can. It's like yeah, yeah, and they're just sort of passing around the story rather than being intertwined. It's asking the show to you know do a lot more work. But I'm telling, mm. I'm just saying, that's going to make a better episode in the end. Like definitely not feel so disposable. All right, I think we are here. Yeah, it's time for everyone's final notes. Now it's time, and now it's time for our final notes. notes. Everyone's final notes, mystery edition. Who did the notes? (laughs) Uh, Dredd, do you have any other notes, parts of this episode you want to mention before we rank Uh, this thing? It's a mystery. I'm going to end and not tell you exactly what it is. I was excited about Will Fort as well as Mm. King Toot. I think that's great. That was Uh, a fun cameo. You've got that recognizable voice. Again, feel so called out by that Dave Brubeck bit. (laughs) Oh, you should. I feel feel rubbed that there was no catch at the start. And I know that's probably one of the newer things that they did with the newer episodes. But again... It's just one of those old things, traditions mm. that you sit down on the couch oh. with them and see what happens. To skip the intro is one thing, to skip the couch gag entirely as well. Is- yeah. It's weird because, Dread, one of our complaints about like the 20s seasons is that the couch gags would often be like these two to four minute sketches that, mm. yeah, we're like, you're really padding out this episode. And now the trend seems to be just skipping the intro entirely. And yeah, I think that's such a bad Look, it's went ha- in the other direction but when yeah. they clearly don't have enough episode for it yeah yeah so. it's too much in the other direction mm. right i guess the my final note for the whole episode and I don't, I don't know if it's too close to what we just spoke about which is what we would change is i didn't feel the social commentary in this nah. too mm. strongly and uh, simpsons is one of those things that you either go there for you know wacky cartoon heartfelt yeah. moments or social commentary and i think this was an attempt on the abundance yeah, of mystery shows that we have true crime and, stuff because there's something yeah. to be said about you know taking a mystery but then putting like the the focus of did they do it on people that by this point in editing you know didn't but you have to make your, you know, full seven episode season or whatever. So you got to drag it out excruciatingly long sometimes. Yeah. yeah and where exactly. it can be, a, well, is this responsibility in journalism thing like that's worth investigating because like, yeah, the investigator of this episode like goes to Lisa, you did it, you did it, didn't you? Like, and they could have lent into that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. They exposed the fact that she needs a hopscotch tutor. <laughs> That's, yeah. Which is also a joke I quite liked. I, yeah, like, I really did like that. I did enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. and, and I couldn't help but wonder what other tutors are out there that we have no idea about. And then my mind just yeah. went to, oh, it's Skillshare. Uh, yeah. there, you just go to Skillshare. There's, there's, we're not sponsored, by the way. You probably got, got cut. However, if you need any cut. kind of advice on hundreds of different classes, then right on chip. No, not till yeah, they pay me. You, but see how yeah. good we could be at this Skillshare? Exactly right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was a great joke. Absolutely. Uh, BT, your final notes. Uh, this bit where they're doing the dramatic reading of this family being torn apart and they like pick up the photo of the family and throw it in like a frying pan and then add butter on top. Yeah. And then I they, quite like, like that. And they flipped it with the spatula of something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that 
yeah, now you bring it up. That's what this episode had needed, like, so many more of those sort of moments. Yeah, well, they do that in Behind the Laughter, where they're like, mm. this family was going to be torn apart. They, like, knock the, um, the, you know, the photo frame over, and then it breaks, and then a hammer just comes off screen and just start breaking it some more. <laughs> and, yeah, it needed a little bit more of that kind of overdramatic, because that, that's funny. I got, I got a good laugh yeah. out of that. Yeah, um, Lisa's 911 phone call, where he's like, oh, there's been a robbery, send help. And he's like, well, you could say, please. And he's like... This is an emergency. He's like, well, I mean, the only thing that's been stolen is your manners. I kind of like that. Yeah, and then at the end of that as well, when he's all like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. Beep. But it just has fake dial tone as he's just making the dial tone yeah. sound. I, don't yeah. know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Sassy operator was pretty great. Yeah. Another one of Raphael's many jobs. The yeah, way he's yeah. talking I think, yeah. Brooklyn guy. Um, there's a bit where they, you know, investigate police chief Wiggum and Lou come and they kind of investigate the, the crime scene and they're like, oh, you know, the dog didn't even bark. And, and he's, you know, looking over him with a, uh, one of those UV lights. It's like, whoever broke in knew exactly how to scratch his tummy. And then they do a reenactment where Lou's <laughs> scratching Chief Wiggum's stomach. I'm like, yeah. Okay, that got me as well. I was not yeah. expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to say that was the one exception to this role, but. Wiggum and Lou were insufferable in this oh. episode. Oh, yeah. Later, there's a bit yeah. later on. I can't remember what they're doing, but it just goes on and it gets worse. Is it the um, one where yeah. Wiggum's like acting like a in love yeah, teenager? Like, I could be interested. I can be interested in someone. Not but interesting. Not, I, yeah. I can find them interesting, but I'll be interested, yeah. which was yeah. okay, but it just dragged yeah. on too long. Um, and where did yeah. it come from? You know, I it don't was, know. He has a crush on Homer, apparently. Um, yeah. And there's a bit, again, I like a lot of these jokes where they're talking about how. Homer came home drunk and ate spaghetti and got sauce like all over the walls. And they do like a, you know, uh, a crime scene blood splatter kind of effect thing of like they got sauce on the walls and the table. And how did he clean it up? With a cleaner. Uh, before they re- reveal that he just licked it all up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they analyze his pants by. Pants. I, ca- yeah, the I can't remember pants. what, but having like a, some kind of entry place. Mm-hmm. That's that was like term. the lead into Disco Stew. It was like, yeah. and had the buttocks dexterity type in all the exact numbers to call Disco Stew. Yeah, but dial mm, Disco yeah. Stew. But they're like trying to get Homer's pants and like, it, I can't remember what it was, but some club, like admission, one pair of pants. And it's, yeah, that's how they yeah. get his pants. Like, okay, that was also pretty good. Like football beer and bottomless wings or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And again, just another good of, a good part of the shows of the uh, Dateline narration was like, you know, Lisa needed a new read, but you can't spell greed without read. Yeah, read. And just overdoing it. That's, I thought yeah. that was fun. And that was all my notes. Surprisingly positive. Yeah, I only had a couple more. I, I liked the first person perspective when they're walking into Bart's room and he does the old, you know, pull the bucket of water prank. That was... I, yeah. I, I like playing with perspectives and visuals like that in the cartoon yeah. space. Like, yeah, it's a tried and true old timey gag, but seeing it in that way was... Yeah, original way to do it. Yeah, that was a good take. That was a good scene as well. I enjoyed that too. And probably my biggest laugh from the episode is when the end where Homer's leading the charge to misdirect the blame and he puts it on Grandpa and, oh, why is everyone blaming me? Ding! Ooh, the cat's done. And, like, he walks off, but in that exact second, you're, like, processing, wait, what? And then Bart immediately walks in frame with the cat. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in that. It feels like they're trying to be like, no, no, the cat's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, whereas to just leave it hanging would have been kind of funnier. Oh, no, there was yeah. something to the immediacy that, like, it felt like I got caught off guard twice. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, nice. All right. It is time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Uh, man, 
even like bringing up some of the jokes we liked, I was like, maybe this is a Bond episode, but like that ending pissed me off so much. Like mm. I was having a fine enough time with it, but then yeah, it really took a nosedive at the end. So like, I'm going to go participant, but I'm going to say on the record, I was close to bronze. BT, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm the same way. We've said before that if you're going to get anything right, get the ending right. Um, that said, I did, I did enjoyed the ride of this one a lot more. I kind of walked away on a bronze and I, mm, it's like, it is worse than a bronze, but I am going to go with a bronze. I feel like I enjoyed it enough. I'd probably rewatch it again, but I would go to the bathroom in the last five minutes. <laughs> fair enough. Dread, please finish it off. I'm definitely going to go under bronze. I mean, it's not a failure. It's still a Simpsons episode. I think that there, I've seen other Simpsons episodes that are worse. So oh, yeah. I would say, uh, you say it's participant. It's like under. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say it's under a bronze for me, for sure. They didn't rank on the the massive range there from like mm. uh, bronze, silver, gold, or cubic zirconia. Oh, yeah. We were never going to yeah. get higher than a bronze. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, it's it was okay. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't race back to watch that episode again. Yeah. There's only one reason I'd watch it again, and it's to see if they like sneakily snuck in yeah. posters places. But I don't think that they would have done that <laughs> so well yeah. and yeah that'll be a shiny participant overall and that'll be the second highest ranked episode from season 30 so far <laughs> uh, out of how many uh wow. we've almost done them all actually i think Damn. we're about six episodes shy of finishing season 30 but yeah the one that beat it out was e my sports where but becomes a like a world of warcraft or league of legends more style gamer and uh, then they get to go to korea to play games and it's weird also (laughs) with a weird ending yeah those social commentary episodes again about the the modern day not social commentary so much as this is a thing let's let's make an episode about the thing yeah (laughs) let's get some lols about lol (laughs) it's impressive how far you guys have made it through uh (laughs) yeah wow we're into the end baby yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah it's it's a nice change of pace because yeah season 30 so far is our worst ranked season there is yeah it sounds like it's a dredge so (laughs) Uh, thank you for your service and you know someone has to do it and uh, i'm glad it's you guys well no and thank you for joining us today on this uh, wild ride i'm glad to bring you into the fold and it's been my absolute pleasure you guys are a complete joy yeah no you are a woohoo for me not a dough uh (laughs) well on on the two point scale yeah yeah there is one more mystery we must unfurl Ooh. And that is very simple. Oh my god, you I see, almost forgot. Thank you, Beach. You're out somewhere and you're it's a rainy day. It's poor it's gray over sky overhead and the gutters are filling slowly with rain. As you walk down the street, you get a pang in your stomach. You're hungry. You step inside a diner, you sit down, and as you look at the menu, you see the dread sandwich. This is the sandwich that is named after you. And so the question is: if you can have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? And if that's indeed too hard, then uh, we just the simple question of what's the best sandwich? I am speechless. <laughs> I know, it's a tough this question. Is, this is a big question. This is not, uh, you, you guys aren't mucking around here. Oh, no, this, not is, at all. this is a proper question. Oh, yeah. Because hidden somewhere on the Simpsons Index website Shoot. is the secret sandwich board. Of so all like, the responses we have had of our new guests, so yeah, my gosh, T- take a moment you can if get you need it. Right into it and yeah. go with like different t- bread types, different mm-hmm. meats, and where they're oh, yeah. imported from. And, <laughs> We've had people if, specify if, sources, what exact wow, mayonnaise they uh, want. Yeah, okay. It, this geez. is all you. So what? What? What did my? If I sit down and I order the dread, what am I getting? Oh my gosh. Okay, let's just go with let's go with all the meat. 
and <laughs> all the cheese and it definitely melted uh, as for yeah. sauces mm. you probably don't need any sauces uh, let's yeah. let's leave off the sauces i just want a meat i want meat and melted cheese is what you're going to get you're we're going turkey, cranberries, we'll go, we want salami or some sort of like processed meat for sure yeah, yeah. for that like tang and, and spice. Bit of uh, let's go for a good cheddar, uh, mm-hmm. a nice mild sort of cheddar, which is really yeah. great. It's got like cranberries and uh, bread, toasted bread for sure. You need something a little bit, something cool in there, something that's not cool, uh, something that's like not normal. Yeah, let's sort of spice it up. Unicorn meat. Uh, unicorn meat <laughs> and tears of an angel on there yes. as well say yeah oh it sounds toasted by dragon breath yeah uh, yes. and then you know it's cursed by uh, a, an elder being from from, from <laughs> Cthulhu uh, is, is that sandwich that's awesome first cursed sandwich we've had alright yes uh, but it comes with it comes with free yogurt uh, so there you go it's cursed yeah. but it gives you gluten resistance right. that's good do I get my choice of topic <laughs> alright well it's about time we get out of here but yeah once again Plug your stuff, Dread. Uh, where can they find us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. AEST? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hop onto Twitch, type in Dreaded GM, and you should be able to find the channel there. Uh, and then, you know, hit that follow button and you'll get you'll get the notifications when it goes live. If you want to find what I'm doing, there is a link tree that has links to everything that I'm doing across the internet. Currently working on uh, developing all the platforms, which is really exciting. But our flagship show right now is Call of Cthulhu Horror and the Orange Express, which is a mega campaign. It's two massive terms uh expect mm-hmm. mystery expect dark and scary things so everyone is laughing and having fun at the table uh, we're all horror fans which is really great as yeah. well so i can really lean into it expect uh, elliot with a british accent oh it's, it's, oh, <laughs> it's so great yeah uh, me doing my best stay for a minute <laughs> yeah there it is uh there it is right there uh, and uh, currently in the campaign if you're listening to this later uh, elliot and the, the the scooby gang or the uh, the mystery gang are there currently uh, in hot water there is mm-hmm. there is a lot going on there's a lot of people looking for people they're on they're on the lamb that they're, they're trying to get away yeah and it's, it's a lot of fun uh, and it's all ramping up to the next sort of story point, which will push them off to like the main sort of story, which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, so it's all chaotic right now, but in a good way. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of players on the board and a lot of uh, threads that are flying all over the place. So, uh, yeah. No, you've been running yeah. such a fun campaign, and especially the last episode was just, oh my God, like yeah. so much tension in the air and things are starting <laughs> to get very weird. And like, I think we're all settled into our characters now. And, uh, Long-time listeners of the podcast will know Sean from Roll to Cast. He's also on that campaign. So, yeah, links to everything will be in the show notes. But, yeah, that's twitch.tv slash dreadedgm. We're live every Thursday at about 7 p.m. Australian Eastern time. Uh, yeah, check your local things for when that is on in your area. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you guys there. Awesome. And, uh, BT, what if people can't get enough of us? Well, if they want to search for the uh, forbidden tomes, they can type into their web browser, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. This is the blanket for everything that we do, including uh, over 100 episodes exclusive to the Patreon that you can get right now for as little as the price of a cup of coffee a month. That is like nothing. Oh my gosh. So such value, such good. Usually you uh, struggle with doing the spruiking. Running into it in DM mode, I think you were able to handle it yeah, a lot better. It kind of working for you. Yeah, it, it, it felt like it 
clicked something. There's, there's a switch that we all have as game masters <laughs> that we just we flick sometimes and we just go into GM mode. Yeah. <laughs> and we start describing everything, like the mm. smells, the sense where you are, what's yeah, happening. Yeah. and uh, it's, The rising it's, sense of dread, like the steam coming off the, yeah. the freshly dried pavement. Exactly right. You can hear the clitter clatter of the rails and wheels, uh, building a, a sense of dread. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Game mastering is a lot of fun. And I think oh, that yeah. is one of the really cool things that you guys uh, bring to the table, being people that purvey in the TTRPG space, is that you get mm-hmm. to be a part of the story, mm. uh, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, loving making the TTRPG content. Uh, we're not doing that over at the Patreon. <laughs> all of our bonus <laughs> con- uh, podcasts are all very Simpsons focused. We're mm-hmm. reviewing the DVD extras, catching BT up on some episodes that he missed. And uh, yep. also, uh, one of the series where there's a bit of a Patreon perk where you can tell us what movie to review as long as it stars one of the cast members of the simpsons mm-hmm. so yeah through that we've Ooh. gone through such a wide array of uh, movie suggestions Super mario brothers godzilla click. 90s version marge's adam for- sampler's <laughs> mom in click and you see her bone the fonts that is such a great idea you can make us watch Adam Sandler films for as little as a <laughs> cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash SideQuest Studios. But for now, yeah, that's about it. That's been Dreaded GM. Yo. Uh, <laughs> yay. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I, I don't have a sound bite. Uh, what am I meant to do? Uh, uh, that that classic catchphrase of his. Yeah, yeah, yar. Yeah, yar. Yeah. Uh, thank you, BT. You know, I see how hard you're working out there and I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done, you listener. Smart listener. Listening to great podcasts like this. You just you just keep going. You'll make it. I believe in you. <laughs> and I've been Elliot Jaronil. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can also check out our other shows, like Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted fiction podcast, which tells all original stories across a range of pulp genres, and Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones in reverse order. Links to those podcasts and more will be available in the show notes. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.